Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. This is a move. A move of the Spirit of God. And throughout history there have been various different moves of God. The day of Pentecost, that was a move of God. In Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 2, where all oh, suddenly, the Bible says, suddenly, the Spirit of God came like a rushing mighty wind. And in that very day, in that very moment, that morning, 3,000 people were saved, gave their lives to Jesus. I mean, it was a mighty move of God, and the church just began to explode. And as you go through the book of Acts, you see this move of the Spirit of God just causing people to run to the church, and the church just growing, and wisdom and revelation just flowing everywhere. That was a move of God. And since then, and even before then, there's been moves of God throughout all of history. And of course, you know, whenever someone takes God at his word, you step out on the word of God, you step out in faith on what God's saying. When you move in faith, God moves. God moves. He responds to our faith. And so really, we should be experiencing personal moves of God all the time because we should be moving by faith all the time. Faith is faith takes hold of God and activates his grace, his ability, his strength, his power in our lives on our behalf. That's what faith does. And so you get to see God move on your behalf. You get to see God come in and, and deliver you, heal you, uh, strengthen you, teach you, lead you, guide you. And as you yield and move with him, he's able to continue to move through your life. But then there's these major moves of God. I mean, nation-sweeping moves of God. And I believe we are in a move right now. But the move that we're experiencing right now, I'm talking about uh, a nation moving move. I mean, we're not just a nation, but nations are being moved. They're being moved by forces that are greater than just man. And what I'm talking about there is there are moves of the enemy. There are satanic moves There are moves of demons that move people, that cause people that are yielding to them to be almost supernaturally empowered to change things dramatically in the world. And we are seeing a suddenly take place in our nation and all around the world. A suddenly of something that doesn't look so good because it's not a God suddenly. Remember Acts chapter 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit coming in there. It's a suddenly, it's this great move of God. Changed the nation of Israel. Went to all the nations of the world. But then there are moves of the enemy, of the devil. You know, there might be some people out there. You don't attend this church. You know, you've just joined us on live stream. And I welcome you. I'm so glad you're here today. 
get ready. I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe God has drawn you. You saw that link and you came. And now you're here today and God wants to teach you some things. He wants to show you some things. And maybe hearing about the devil might sound a little strange to you because you don't hear a whole lot about the devil unless it's making fun of the idea of a devil. You know, I think we've got a hockey team called the Devils. Uh, I know we've got some deviled eggs. They're pretty good, actually. Not the devil, but the eggs, you know. Uh, I remember, the, what was it, devil dogs or something like that? That was kind of like a chocolate cream-filled food that you eat, you know, a candy or some sort. You know, so, you know, uh, let's see, the dirt devil, right? We got that vacuum, the dirt devil. So you got all this stuff about the devil. When people think of the devil, you know, they think of Halloween costumes and horror movies and people putting on horns and walking around with a pitchfork. And so people don't really take the devil very seriously. But I got news for you. The devil is to be taken serious. We need to understand that there are evil spirits And one of the best deceptions the devil can put over somebody is to get them to believe he's not real. Because then they're just open prey to him. But I got news for you. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says he was manifest for this purpose. That he might destroy the works of the devil. So the devil has got some works that he desires to do and accomplish in in the world. In, in people's lives. And he works just like God. He'll work in an individual's life who will yield to him. Now, most people will yield to him out of ignorance. There are some people that are Satanists, devil worshipers, but most people are not. They don't realize that they're yielding to the devil. They don't, they don't, because they're ignorant of his devices. They're ignorant of him. So we don't want to be ignorant of him. We want to recognize how real he is. And that he will work through people's lives. So, and he does all the time. You know, you hear somebody murdering somebody. Or, or you know, just all the terrible things that take place in life. Uh, you know, stealing, the killing, all the terrible things that go on in the world today. It's the result of demonic inspiration. Well, just like the devil works on an individual level, he also will also desire to bring about a move of his spirit in the earth, a move of his spirit where it's mass stealing, mass chaos, mass rioting, mass murder, mass, I mean just in masses. It's just a move of the devil. And uh, many times the word of God uses horses to symbolize moves, spiritual moves, whether it's a move of God or a move of the devil or evil spirits. And we see that over in Revelation, the fourth chapter. And if you got your Bible there with you, why don't you open up with me this morning? Revelation, chapter 6, in verse 1. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals... And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, like thunder, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him. And he went out conquering and 
to conquer. Sounds like more than a conqueror, right? You had two conquerors in there. He went out conquering and a conquer. The Bible tells us that through Jesus, you and I who are believers and followers of him, we are more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Now, white represents something pure, something clean. It does not represent something deceptive, something antichrist. And of course, we have to interpret the Bible with the Bible. All right? So this is a white horse. So this is a good horse. This is a good horse. And notice the rider on the horse, he had a bow. And a crown was given to him. Now, a crown represents authority. You and I have been given authority in this life right now through the name of Jesus. And the bow represents covenant. We have a covenant with God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a blood covenant, an unbreakable promise. A guarantee that God has made to us. That he is our God. He is with us. And all the promises that he has promised us in writing, in his word, are all guaranteed through the blood of Jesus. I mean, that's greater than just a signature on a contract. It is God guaranteed it in blood, in the very life of his son, the Lord Jesus. So this horse represents God's church, his New Testament church, his believers, those who have been born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, washed of all their sin and made white as snow. And he's given us the name of Jesus. He's given us a crown to rule and reign in life. We are in covenant with him. And here we come. We are riding on a white horse. And like I said at the beginning of this service, I said a horse is symbolized or symbolizes moves. This is... This is talking about a move of the Spirit of God, you know, where God's not just moving in your life individually. We thank God for that. But now, we've got a horse. In other words, we've got horsepower. we got horsepower. Now, of course, that was the primary vehicle, land vehicle of that day, right? I mean, if you wanted to get around, get on a horse. You get some horsepower. But today, I don't know, maybe we'd be riding a jet, right? Maybe it'd be a white jet. Maybe that's how God would illustrate it today, you know? And we got crowns on, and we're riding in a white jet, you know? And we're just, or maybe a rocket. Man, we're just moving. We're just moving at supersonic speeds, like one of these military jets, right? Breaking the speed of sound. Just moving, moving, moving. Moving, covering a lot of ground, covering a lot of territory. God is looking for another move of his spirit where he is moving through his church across this land, across this earth. And things are happening super fast. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered. People are getting understanding. 
People are growing in their faith. Amazing things are happening. Praise and worship of God is just breaking out all over the earth. People that didn't care about God are suddenly excited about Him, worshiping Him. Come on, nightclubs are closing down and being converted into meeting places, churches where people can gather and praise and worship God. I mean, a massive move of the Spirit. That's what's coming in the last days. We've had those throughout history, but a real big one's coming. So big that it's written right here in the book of Revelations chapter 6. But then notice this also. Verse 3, when he opened the second seal. Now again, this is John in a vision. The Apostle John, and he's, he's seeing things pertaining to the future. And so uh, the second seal is opened and I heard a, and I heard the second living creature saying come and see and another horse another move another move fiery red went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth so so we know Jesus is the prince of peace And so if we're representing him and we're moving across this earth with the gospel, we're moving across the earth in the power of the Holy Spirit, then we know we're bringing something into the earth. We're bringing something into people's lives. And what is it? Peace. Peace. But then notice what comes behind it. Here's this red horse. And it went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth. You know, I think of like World War I, World War II. You think of all the people that were, that were killed. I mean, it was mass destruction. It was worldwide. That was a move of evil. Thank God, God intervened and stopped it. But it was a mass move of evil spirits. People just killing one another. Blood just flowing. People dying. Terrible things happening. It was a move of evil spirits. Here he says, here's this red horse. And it's his job to take peace from the earth. To take peace from the earth. And And that people should kill one another. And there was given to him a great sword. I've even seen... You know, I remember years back, I don't know what year that was, but I remember, you know, out in California, there was a move of evil spirits. It was a suddenly, and it didn't last very long, but it was like people just went ballistic. People just, just went crazy, and they're just, they're just smashing windows of stores. They're looting. They're stealing. Anybody had gotten their pat, they'd just beat them up. I remember they grabbed one guy. It was on the... It was on, uh, it was on the news, and they pulled him out of the truck, and they were just beating him and kicking him, and they were just full of rage, full of hate, full of evil, full of the devil, full of the devil, totally under the inspiration of evil spirits. It was a move. It was a move. I, I remember a documentary of a, uh, a certain Japanese soldier during World War II. He was talking about his experience, and he was like in charge of uh, some concentration camps in Japan. And he said, you know, 
he was looked back and he, you could see he was kind of puzzled by so many things. And he, he, he said, you know, looking back, he said, you know, people that were just like normal people, that were just, you know, nice people. He considered himself to be a normal, nice person, not some kind of crazy killer, somebody that delights in torturing people. He said, but he was like, something just happened. And it was like something just came upon people. And next thing you know, he said he just had this hatred. And he just delighted in torturing people, hurting people. And there was a lot of people like him. That, that spirit, he didn't call it a spirit, but I knew what it was. Those evil spirits came on them and just inspired people. In great numbers, masses of amount of people moved by the devil. People that could be moved were moved by the devil. You know, that's why Jesus said, I'd rather you be hot or cold, but not lukewarm. He said, because, and what does he mean by that? Because if we're lukewarm, we're really going to yield to the devil and cooperate with him more than we realize. If you're cold, at least you know you're cold, man. You hate God. You hate God's people. Yay with the devil. Come on. Come on, devil. I mean, you're cold. If you're hot, man, you're fired up for God. You know in whom you believe. You trust. You follow Jesus. You're radical about it. But lukewarm's kind of that religious place. Well, you're a nice person. You're a good person. Not too much of God. I go to church, but I don't want too much of that. And, oh, you know, I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not an evil person. I watch evil movies. I, 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 lie, I buy popcorn, and I watch people get killed in front of me on television and at the movie theater. And I listen to some pretty raunchy music, you know. And, but, you know, I'm not a bad person. I'm a very nice person. I'm your average guy. You're lukewarm. A person like that's lukewarm. And really... If there was a move of the devil, they would yield to him. They would yield to him. That's just what they would do. Before they know it, they'd be under his power, under his spell, so to speak. Just like that Japanese soldier and those people in Japan with him. That they were just kind of nice people, but they weren't anchored and rooted in God. And when that move of evil came, man, they were off in evil. They were, they were just like devils themselves. So that's why, you know, especially in the time we're living in now, we don't want to live in that lukewarm place. That's a dangerous place. Because when that undertow of the presence of Satan really comes in strong, you're going to be pulled out into it. You're going to be pulled out into it. So you want to make sure that you are anchored in God. And no matter what kind of undertow there is, you ain't going with it. You're able to resist it because, because that's what you're doing now. You know, every day when you resist evil, when you resist temptation, resist saying the wrong thing, doing the wrong thing, you're strengthening yourself, you're anchoring yourself in the faith of God so that you can't just be pulled, pulled out to sea, so to speak, and just become a vessel of the devil. Amen. Now we got to understand, this is true. This is true. There's, there's, there are forces going on around us that we can't see, but the Bible teaches us about these things, and they're very, very very real. So here, the red horse comes, takes peace. It's granted him take just white peace out from the earth. He, he goes on um, in verse 5. When he opened the third seal, 
I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold, a black horse. Another move, another move. And again, it's going to be a move of evil spirits. A black horse. And he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, uh, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius and do not harm the oil and the wine. This is talking about uh, an economic crisis. It's talking about famine. It's talking about where the economy collapses and uh, people will spend all kinds of money, you know, a week's wages just to have a piece of bread. Just have a piece of bread. You know, a great, great depression. Again, this is a move of evil spirits. The devil, he's a thief. And he wants to steal our money. He wants to steal our prosperity. God wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper. He wants to be healthy. He wants us to walk in love towards one another. God's not in all this killing and murder. God's not into famine and lack. Right? The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want or I shall not lack. God's not a God of lack. He doesn't want you to lack. Thank God he's your shepherd. We're following him. We're following him. We're not getting on that black horse. We're not going to be a part of that black horse. We're not going to get sucked into the undertow of that black horse. Verse 7, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And the name of him who sat on it was death. And Hades, or hell, followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, with hunger, with death. And by the beasts of the earth. So people are dying of hunger. People are dying of, of disease, of sickness, uh, of all kinds of things. Death is just, it's a move. Mass death taking place across. Mass disease. Incurable viruses spreading across the earth. All right? That's this move of, the, of evil spirits. Now, we live in a world where people get sick. People deal with symptoms of sickness. You know, um, we've got hospitals. There's people in hospitals right now. So, so the devil has been working. He's been working in individual lives. Here we're talking about a move of these evil spirits where masses amounts of people are being pulled into dying, being pulled into death, mass disease, mass things are happening, okay? Now, if you go with me to Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 6 Horses are mentioned here also. Zechariah chapter 6, and notice in verse 1. This is Zechariah now, not John. This is Zechariah. He's having a vision. Then I turned and raised my eyes and looked, and behold, four chariots were coming from between two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of bronze. Now, bronze is symbolic of judgment, all right? You'll see the, you know, there's the, the bronze altar in the Old Testament uh, at where they brought their sacrifices, their sin offerings to God. They were laid on this, and all the utensils were bronze, see, because it was judgment. It was all judgment that that symbolized, okay? So here are these two mountains, and so it's bronze, judgment. And he sees, what does he see? He sees these chariots coming. Verse 2, with the first chariot, with the first chariot were red horses. 
This was red horse. Now it's not just one horse. It's horses, plural. With the first chariot were red horses. The second chariot, black horses. With the third chariot, white horses. And with the fourth chariot, dappled horses. Strong steeds. That's like pale. That's like these. It's like, it's like gray, spotted. Uh, you can actually look it up online. I know I did. And uh, it's a pretty cool looking horse. But it's, it's like gray. Uh, you could say pale. Kind of like over in the book of Revelation. But it's got all these spots all over it. Neat looking horse. Didn't realize there was really something like that out there. And uh, <clears throat> it says, uh, strong steeds. Then I answered and said to the angel who talked to me, what are these, my Lord? And the angel answered and said to me, these are four spirits of heaven who go out from their station before the Lord of all the earth. The one with the black horse is going to the north country. The white are going after them. And the dappled are going towards the south country. Then the strong steeds went out eager to go that they might walk to and fro throughout the earth. And he said, go, walk to and fro throughout the earth. So they walked to and fro throughout the earth. And he called to me and spoke to me saying, see those who go towards the north country? See those, excuse me, those, see those who go towards the north country have given rest to my spirit in the north country. Now again, who is going to the north country? Well, that was number one, the black horse. What's the black horse? That's economic crisis, famine, a shortage of money, a shortage of food, a shortage of supplies. That's the black horse. And then notice... In this order, the white horse is coming behind him. Who's the white horse or the horses here? It's the church. It's you and I. It's God's people. We got the crown. We got the authority. We're more than conquerors. That's who we are. And so here comes this black horse causing all kinds of economic problems. Causing great problems with our economy. What comes right behind it? This white horse. Who's that? That's the church. That's a move of God through his people. So you got this massive move of financial issues taking place in the world because it's a move of evil spirits. But then, bless God, here comes the white horse. And really, what contrasts white better than black? Where the black horse is, White is at its whitest. White is at its whitest. So here you got this black horse. You've got famine. You've got these terrible things happening. And right behind it is this move of God. Is this move of God. And, and notice he says in verse 8. See those who go towards the north country have given rest to my spirit in the north country. See, we, we bring rest to the Spirit of God when He rests upon us and we yield to Him. When we cooperate with the Holy Spirit and He's able to do what He wants to do. 
when he's able to go and do what he desires to do, it brings rest to the heart of God. Think about that. God, we can bring rest to him. You know, he brings rest to us. We talk about him comforting us. But, you know, when we yield to him, cooperate with him, and his job is getting done, his, his work is getting done in the earth, that brings delight to him. That brings rest to him. So this white horse going up there to the north country, that brought rest to God. Because God doesn't rest when people are afflicted. When people have lack, people are hurting. God does not enjoy those things. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. So God doesn't want to be afflicted. Think about that. When people are afflicted, God hurts. God feels people's pain. He doesn't want to live in a continual state of feeling people's pain. He wants his people healed. And when those people are healed... And their needs are being met. It brings rest to him. Just like it brings rest to people, it brings rest to the heart of God. Because God loves the world so much. Right? That's what it says in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever would believe on him would not perish. But have everlasting life. God wants all of us. He wants you to have everlasting life. He loves you. He loves you. That's why he became flesh and blood in the person of Jesus and died on that cross. He bore our suffering. He bore our sin. He took our pain. He took our eternal damnation. He took everything that was a curse, that was the result of sin. He took it upon himself in order to rescue you from all those things. He loves you. He cares about you that much. And his love doesn't change with the weather. He, this is who he is. God is love. We could say it this way. God is love for you. Think about that. God is love for you. That's who he is. He's not just love. He's love for you. He loves you. That's who he is. It can't change. It's not gonna, you, you can't change who he is. Now, you can go without who he is and what he has for you. You can go without the good things that he has for you just by resisting him, by not receiving him, not accepting him, not believing in him, not trusting in him, but yielding yourself to evil spirits, yielding yourself to the spirit of this world that's so contrary to God and his ways. Just keep yielding to that, and you go without him. You can go right off into eternity without him. It's not what he wants. He loves you. That's who he is. He'll love you as you choose to go right into hell without him. See, But thank God none of us are going to do that. None of you are going to do that. If you're watching today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, now is the acceptable time to do that. Not tomorrow, not later. Now. You're not guaranteed later. Remember, things happen suddenly. Don't, don't just be hanging out out there, not anchored in God, protected in him. You be anchored in him. How do you do that? Call on him. Not in just some religious way, but with all your heart. Say, Jesus, you can do this right now with me. Repeat after me. Who cares who's in the room? They need it too. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. You became sin for me. You became my sin. You became a curse for me. 
so that through you, I can be blessed and have eternal life. Lord Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for being my Savior. Help me. Give me your Holy Spirit so that I can follow you all the days of my life. Amen. Now, be willing to follow him. Be willing to make some changes. Don't expect to just live life the way you've always lived life. No. He's got a much higher life for you to live. And uh, whatever you got to give up in following him uh, is going to be more than made up for. More than made up for. I mean, God's got an abundant life for you. Stop hanging on to your pitiful life thinking that that's great. Follow him. Let him tell you, now get rid of that. Put that away. Get you're done with that. I got bigger and better things. You follow me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And as you trust him and follow him, he leads you into the promised land. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hey, if you just prayed that with me for the first time, or maybe you've gotten away from God, you've prayed it before, but you, 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 you got serious just now, let me know. You know, send me an email. Uh, go to lofbc.org. Get, go to the contact page. Look me up. Send me something or right there online. Those people that are watching, they'd celebrate with you. Just type in and say, I just got saved. Just type that in there. I just made Jesus my Lord. Type that in. It's very important to confess him. Very important. After you make him Lord, confess him before men. This is a great way to do it right there. If you're on, if you're on the YouTube channel, just type it right in there. Right in the little chat box. And uh, I'm just telling you, people will just celebrate with you. Praise God. So God loves you. God cares about you. And he wants the best for you. And when you're suffering, he's suffering. When you're afflicted, he's afflicted. So when people get delivered, people get healed, people get rescued, people get help, ah, it brings rest to the Spirit of God, as we just read here in the Word of God. They brought rest to him. I want to bring rest to him, don't you? Notice verse 9. Zechariah 6, verse 9. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying. So now notice, Zechariah has this vision, sees these horses. And then God brings this revelation to him. It's connected directly to what he just saw. The word of the Lord came to him. Verse 12. Then speak to him saying, thus says the Lord of hosts saying, Behold the man whose name is the branch. From his place he shall branch out. Or spread up. And he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall build the temple of the Lord. Notice uh, verse 13. Yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory and shall sit and rule on his throne. So he shall be a priest on his throne. And the council of peace shall be between them both. Verse 15. Even those who are far away shall come and build the temple. Say that. Say build the temple. What's that? It's talking about the house of God. It's talking about the house of God. Not just his house as in the place we come and worship. That is his house. This is his house that I'm standing in right now. It's been dedicated to him. Raised up by his spirit. This is his house. But then also, we are his house. We are living stones that are building a spiritual house for God. All right? And God's wanting his house built. His house of living stones. He wants it built. And so notice this. Here's this move. 
move of evil spirits, a move of God coming in right in the midst of all of it. There's a move of God going on. And what's happening? What's it all leading to? It's leading to people being saved, living stones being gathered into the kingdom of God to build the house of God, to build God a house. And notice it talks about the glory coming in, the glory coming in. In verse 13, yes, he shall build the temple of the Lord. He shall bear the glory. The glory of God is the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. God wants the whole earth to be full of his glory, full of his manifested awesomeness, his manifested goodness. He wants his goodness manifesting everywhere. He doesn't want the devil's badness manifesting everywhere. We shouldn't want the devil's badness manifesting, not in our life, not in our home. That's not, we don't take any enjoyment in that, and we don't want, we don't want anything of the devil manifesting, any evil thing manifesting in our nation, our country, our world, just like God. We don't want it. We want God's goodness to be in manifestation. See, God's everywhere, but he's not manifested everywhere. You have to understand that. When he manifests his glory, that's his glory, all right? His manifested goodness. Here it's happening on a mass scale. The temple's being built. The house of God's being built. Now, of course, here in the Old Testament, there was an actual temple in Israel, and uh, there was a move of God to get that built, and that has happened. But it's also prophetic of what's still to come, which connects with the book of Revelation. So this new temple, made up of living stones, This is the house God is wanting built. And that's what a move of the Spirit of God will bring. And going back to the black contrasting the white, what the devil meant for evil. What the devil meant for evil, God takes advantage of that. He moves in and he turns it for his good if we, his people, cooperate with him. Because a move of God doesn't happen without God's people moving. Without people moving in faith. You don't have a move of God if nobody's moving in faith. So we want to see this move of God and a move of God sometimes has to be preceded by a move of evil spirits. Why? To wake things up. It's not something God wants. It's not something God's looking to do, but it's something that just happens. Happens, and I'm going to explain to you here in a little bit why it happens. So in verse 15, even those who are far away shall come and build the temple of the Lord. They're going to come from other nations all around. Then you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, and this shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of of the Lord your God. It will come to pass if you obey him. So here is this move, this move of evil spirits. I believe we're seeing a move of evil evil spirits right now. Trying to cause problems, viruses, that's of the devil. Uh, Lack, financial crisis, financial problems, that's of the devil. Poverty, lack, Sickness, disease, all this kind. And fear, 
The devil is a spirit of fear. I mean, when you go out and you see people wearing gloves and they've got stuff over their faces because they're afraid to just go out driving in their car. This is, this is the work of the devil. I'm not saying those people have the devil. I'm just saying it's fear. It's fear. Fear is influencing people. Fear is gripping people. And so for those people, they're doing those things to be precautionate. And I understand, you, you know, use precaution. Use precaution. And if that's where you're at, then do it. You know, if you're not going to feel confident to go out without covering your face or wearing gloves, then don't. But God does have a higher way for us to live. He does have a higher, a higher place for us to operate in. It's called the place of faith, all right, where there's not all this fear. But all this fear, all these things, these are works of the devil. And it's like it's everywhere. It's, it's, it's a move. It is a move of evil spirits. But this is our time to rise up as the more than conquerors. I'm telling you. This is a setup. The devil didn't, he doesn't know it. He didn't plan on that. But what he's done here has actually awakened and is awakening a sleeping conqueror. Praise God. Woo, there's a conqueror waking up right now in you, in me. We're the conquerors. And as we rise up and pray like we've never prayed before, be determined to walk in faith like we've never walked in faith before, determined to walk white, clean, holy, unspotted from all the dirty stuff of this world. Oh, man. As we awaken because of what the devil's doing around us, as we awaken, God's got a horse. He's got a horse for us that we're going to suddenly find ourselves riding on, and we're going to be riding a wave of glory. Come on. We're going to be riding a wave of glory. Shikalabasata. Amen. Help me keep preaching. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for the horse. Amen. See, some of you got to get knocked off your high horse first in order to get on that white horse. See, a lot of folks been on a high horse. I'm sorry. A lot of folks been on a high horse. (laughs) Walking in pride. See, just trusting in themselves. You know, they're their own, they're their own move. And, uh, and, you know, stuff like this that happens can knock you off that thing. And, I, and you know, I pray we could just get off it. The best is, best we just, we look in the Word, we hear the preaching of the Word, and we go, I shouldn't be on this high horse. I'm really not that big of a deal. Jesus is awesome. I'm getting off this horse. We should just get off. But, you know, some people don't. They just don't respond. They don't respond to the Word. And, and so then the devil comes along. He does something. Not because it's God's will. It's just because you've let the devil come along and do something. Because you weren't in your place. See, when the church isn't in their place, then the devil is able to roam freely throughout the land and do some things. He's able to do some things. And notice here in Zechariah, go back to chapter 1. Zechariah, the first chapter. Again, here's these horses, verse 3. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. So notice this. He's talking to his people. Return to me. So let's remember that's what we're going to get into right now. That's the context. Return to me, God say, and I'll return to you. I want to come back to you, but I can't as long as you're not willing to come to me. Come to me and I'll be there. A lot of people crying out to God. He said, well, turn, turn to me, turn to me. Verse 4, 
Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they did not hear nor heed me, says the Lord. The Lord's been talking. He's been talking. He's been talking to his people, whoever's listening, saying, turn, turn, turn. Turn, turn, turn. And a lot of people just turned a deaf ear to God, and they haven't turned away from things that are evil in his sight, things that are not right in the sight of God. Instead, they've justified it and so forth. All right, now notice, jump down to verse 8. Now notice, then he's talking about turning, turning to me. Verse 8, now he goes into this vision. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding on a red horse. And it stood among the myrtle trees in the hollow. And behind him are horses, red, sorrel, and white. So notice these horses aren't moving. They're just sitting there behind the myrtle tree. They're just kind of hanging out. Then I said, my Lord... What are these? So the angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. And the man who stood among the myrtle trees answered and said, These are the ones whom the Lord sent to walk to and fro throughout the earth. Again, the white horse is in there because here we are walking to and fro on the earth. God's church is here moving on the earth. So they answered the angel of the Lord who stood among the myrtle trees. And said, we have walked to and fro throughout the earth. And behold, all the earth is resting quietly. My margin says, sitting and quiet. Sitting, sitting and quiet. So the whole earth is sitting there quietly. You don't have mass anything going on. There isn't a mass... Isn't mass evil, and there isn't mass God. There isn't a mass move of God. It's just quiet, and just everybody's just sitting there. I, I looked this up in the Hebrew, uh, this resting quietly, and I also saw that uh, it could also mean these words as well to be quiet, tranquil, be at peace, still. Undisturbed. None of that really sounds bad. Then it could also mean inactive. Idleness. Again, still. Idleness. What is is that? Lazy. Lethargic. Complacent. What's that? Indifferent. Indifferent. Uninterested. Unconcerned. Now that's not, that's not sounding so good anymore. Idleness. Something I had gotten years ago was people that are idle have many idols. Idols, you know, like things you worship. People that are idle, I-D-L-E, have many idols. Why? Because they're complacent They're indifferent. They're just sitting. You know, the Bible tells us over in, I believe it's 2 Kings chapter 6. It talks about King David. Now, he was hot for God. A mighty, mighty, mighty warrior for the kingdom of God. All about advancing God's kingdom. But there was a day came where all of a sudden, he got complacent. He got lazy. 
And, and the chapter starts off by saying, it could be chapter 11, but it starts off by saying, at the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his army, and they went out against the people, I believe, of Ammon, the Ammonites. But David, he stayed home. Why? Well, you know, he's got everything he needs now. He's got this castle. I mean, winning wars is easy now. He's got an incredible army, incredible devoted soldiers, mighty warriors. I mean, they're a superpower. They're not afraid of anybody or anything. I mean, we've got this. We've got this. Everything's good. God has blessed David royally, literally. He is blessed royally. I mean, he's got it all. And so, you know, I'm not going to go out and fight this one. I'll let Joab go out. And he sits at home. And he goes out on the, on the roof of his castle there. He's, and he turns. He's got a big, big screen TV. Big screen TV up there. I'm talking about King David. And a uh, big satellite thing pulling in all kinds of channels. And he sits down. He starts flicking. And he comes across a beautiful woman. Next thing you know, David is committing adultery. Next thing you know, once he started sliding into that, he was overcome. He didn't judge himself. He made excuses for it. He was in such complacency, he experienced a move of the devil in his personal life. He went from committing adultery, taking this man's wife, to having the husband executed, killed, killed in battle, a devoted, devoted man of valor. What happened to him? Now, thank God later the prophet came to David and he recognized his sin and man, was he broken and messed up over it. He never really fully recovered. God forgave him, but he never fully got over it. He never fully, it just devastated his soul because he had such a beautiful relationship with God and, and this, and now he sees what he just did. He's like, how could I have done this thing? He was completely broken. Well, how could he have done it? Idleness. Complacency. See, it doesn't matter, David, King David. It doesn't matter that you have everything you, that you need in life. It doesn't matter that you have more money than you know what to do with. It doesn't matter that you have all this power, all this influence, more than you, you could ever enjoy for yourself. It doesn't matter because it never was about you, David. It was about the Lord. It was about fighting his battles and conquering and conquering and conquering until not you're satisfied and have enough and say, hey, I got a big enough kingdom for me. No, you conquer and you conquer until God is satisfied and that won't be until all the earth is full of his glory. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's what we're fighting for. Yes, God wants you blessed. Yes, God wants to prosper you. God wants you healthy, strong, live a long, abundant life. Yes, but it's not about that. It's about fighting the Lord's battles. It's about the good news going out into all the world. It's about fulfilling the divine mandate, the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and gather as many stones up as possible to, to make them living stones that build God's castle, God's house, so that God has rest. That God, we bring rest and delight to God's heart, God's soul. Amen.
That's what it's all about, friends. How much of the church world has lost that? And it's just become about us. God loves me. God prospers me. God's good to me. Good. We, we got that. We're getting that. That's good. That's important. What are you giving to God? What are you giving to God? We're fighting for him. We're fighting for him. There's lives that need to be saved. People need to be brought into the kingdom of God. And there's so many lost that we need a move. We need a white horse. We need help. We need a move of the Spirit of God to help thrust us into his harvest field so that we go forth with great speed, great power, powerful grace anointing on our life, and we gather in the masses. Whoo, hallelujah. Don't you want to see that? Yes. That's what we're living for down here on this earth. That's what we're supposed to be living for. So notice here in chapter 1 of Zechariah, before chapter 6, where the horses are released and they're going and there's moves, of, moves going on in the earth. Before that happens, look at the earth. Everybody's complacent. Complacent. Everybody's just blessed. Thank God America's blessed. Baby, he's been so blessed. Such a blessed nation. No nation's been blessed like this nation. Ah, we're so fortunate to have been, to have been brought up in this, in this country. Wow. One nation under God. Beautiful. But in our being blessed, have we gotten complacent? We're good. We're good. A little live streaming on Sunday makes me feel good about myself. I'm happy. I'm good. Life's good for me. Or someone says, life's not good for me. I got, I got this, I got this, I got this. Well, God wants to get all those crooked places straight in your life. But see past those things. See into the heart of God. See into the purpose of God for your life. And when we get these things straightened out, we don't just sit in complacency. We keep going. Now, we use all these things that have been subdued around us to, to fortify us and strengthen us in our ultimate purpose, which is to serve the king, spread his glory throughout the earth, be a part of a major move of God. So notice, the world's in complacency. Here in chapter 1, what's the next thing we see? We come over and we go to chapter 6 and we see... All of a sudden, evil spirits moving, the red horse moving, the black horse moving. Terrible things are happening. It's a move of evil spirits, mass movement of evil spirits throughout the nations. Why is this happening? How is this able to happen? Because when, when the church drops its guard and now church is, is about entertainment, it's just about getting your life in it. We come to Jesus to enhance our lives. It's not that our lives are, uh, that he's vital to our life. He's essential to our life. He's a life enhancer. That's how people have treated Jesus. He's a life enhancer. Because we're all good. We're so good. We're so good that we are now lukewarm. We don't have to be hot. Just like David. I don't have to be hot right now. Everything's good. Nothing's happening. 
There's no advancement taking place. But then the enemy is able to come in. Why? Because the church isn't doing its job. Not because God said, these people are complacent. So, Satan, go over there and beat the tar out of them. No. God is not like the Godfather. You understand? God's not like, hey, Satan, you see my church over here? They're not doing what I said. Huh? They're not out there swimming with the fishes trying to win souls. I need you to go and do something. You understand what I'm saying? You know what I want you to do? You go do it. You know. I'm not going to do it because I'm God, but I'm going to let it happen. I'm going to let it happen. No. We let it happen. We let it happen. We're going, hey, devil, we're sleeping on the job. Hey, devil, the wall is down. We're not using our authority except in our own little cubby holes. No, 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 you can take our country. Go ahead and sweep across the earth because we're just a-sleeping in complacency. See? No, 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 devil. You just have your way. That's what we're saying when we're not taking our place as the watchers on the wall of this nation. We need to take our place. We need to get on the wall and be praying. Now, I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm a prayer, and I, I love God, and I, I'm on fire. For, I, I define myself as pretty fired up. But when this hell happened, what we're going through right now, what I see, what, and it's not the virus, it's, it's where this can go. I, I have a sense of where this can go, what this can turn into. I mean, this could be a black horse, big time. Horse, black horses everywhere. I mean, I have, I, I have that, that, that sense about me. I know where this turned into. I'm not one of these people just going, everything's going to be fine. It's all going to pass, just like, just like it's past and times past, you know. And, you know we, bad times come, but good times always come. How do you know that? By what authority do you say these things? A lot of people just saying these things. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I, honestly, I'm just kind of done with hearing that nonsense. Everything's going to be fine. We don't have to change our ways. We don't have to turn to him, return to him. We don't have to repent of nothing. We don't have to wake up and pray like we've never prayed before. We don't have to, no, no, we have to, it's all going to turn. It always does. Everybody doesn't have to. You know, it reminds me of that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, worry. So I think the guy that sang the song committed suicide, but I think. But he sang the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Do, 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 don't worry. Be happy. Do, 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 do. Don't worry. Be happy. Well, why? Why shouldn't I worry? Why shouldn't I worry? Why? why? You say don't. Why shouldn't I? If I'm going to hell, maybe I should worry. Maybe if I'm about to be taken over by sickness and disease, I should worry. Maybe if evil's going to come in, tragedy's going to take over my... Maybe I should be a little concerned about that. Don't worry. Be happy. Now, it's true God don't want you worrying. He don't want you worrying, but you're not worrying is based on your faith in him and what he's saying and what he's doing. Your peace is in knowing you are right with God, doing what you're supposed to be doing. So when all this stuff happens, I got, I, I, it, I, I upped it. I upped it, you know. I didn't want to even eat. It wasn't like, I, oh, I better fast. It's like, I don't want to eat. 
I didn't want to eat. I just wanted to pray. Because I knew, man, I got to get on the wall here. I really got to get on this. And we need to pray. We, we need to pray for our leaders, the leaders of this nation like never before. We need to use our authority over the devil who would inspire real bad things, uh, cause real bad things to happen. We need to take our authority. We need to push that black horse back. We need to push that pale sickness, disease, virus horse back. No. No. We're here. See, the white horse, needs, we, need to get, we need to rise up. And we need to begin to ride and we need to begin to push these things back. Push these things back. And that's, you know, my personal life. It's that, that, I'm, I've woken up even more. We all need to. Every man, everybody's faith on deck. We need to get with it. This is serious times. Now, I'm not worried. Because I have a sense of where we are. Where we're going. And I know we can do something about it. That's the beauty of it. It's not just don't worry. We can do something about it so that we don't worry. We can do something about it. You can do something about it. Take your place. Draw near to him. Shed the stuff that God disapproves of. You know he disapproves of it. Shed it. Let's go. Move with him. Ask him to help you. He's there. Let's go. Shed it and move. Move into the move of God. That's to come sweeping across this nation and the whole world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because I can also see what God's doing and he has positioned things. He has put things in place for a major move of God. But we have to obey him. The church has to wake up. The church has to wake up and do its part. So thank God. I believe that's where we are. We're waking up. The church is waking up and it's praying like it's never prayed before. And it's learning its authority and it's taking church, it's taking the word, it's taking the things of God seriously. We're no longer just looking at church as, you know, it's no big deal, you know, it's kind of an entertainment thing. We do it to make ourselves feel better about it. It's a life enhancer. No, it is your life. It is your life. This is your lifeline right here. CNN is not your lifeline. Fox News is not your lifeline. This is your lifeline. You need this. You need this. And we're seeing that, aren't we? Praise God, yes, we are. Yes, we are. Now, go with me to Haggai, the prophets. It's the, just go one book back. Very easy. They're right next to each other. It's an amazing thing what we see here. Haggai chapter 1, verse 2. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people, talking about his people. This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Hmm. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now watch this. Watch this. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat but do not have enough. Sounds like a black horse almost. You don't have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. Not quite a black horse, but it's, they're struggling financially. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. 
Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Now notice, he said, listen, you're sitting back in complacency. You're idle. You're enjoying your nice paneled houses. We're going to go ahead and put an extension on. We're going to expand our home. We're going to do this. We're going to do that for ourselves. God wants you to have nice things. But it's not the priority. Nice things are to help you. To help fortify and strengthen you. To fulfill the Great Commission. To fulfill the purpose of God for your life. To be a part some way or another. Everybody's got different parts. But some way or another, to build his house, to affect lives. That's our part. I want you to have your paneled house, but you know you're so into your paneled houses now and your nice cars and all these things. You know what? That's all you're thinking about. And now you're over here looking at the church going, I don't want to do that right now. I mean, what? we don't have to do that right now, so why should we do that right now? It's just not time for that right now. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time for God. I don't have time for the Word. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for... Boy, we got a lot of time now, don't we? Time has just kind of stood still. It just seems to be standing still for all of us right now, all throughout this country. Suddenly, we have time. But, of course, our economy is threatened at the same time also. Our finances are, are threatened at the same time also. And now, there's like some holes. There's some holes in our, in our, in our bag that where we, our wages are just going through. Are we going to lose everything? God doesn't want us to. No, what does he say? He says, consider your ways. In other words, these things happen because... Of your ways, what you're doing. You're causing the problem. God's not doing it. God's not making it happen to teach us something. We're doing it to ourselves. I think it's in the uh, prophet Jeremiah said it this way. He said, your own sins will correct you or rebuke you. Your own sins will correct you. That's what's rebuking us right now. The church has lost its place. You can't blame it on the president. You can't blame it on the heathens. You've got to blame it on the church. We're not taking our place because we're taking our place. Like he said in Second Chronicles, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I would hear from heaven and I would heal their land. What's happening to the land? Look at the church. Look at God's house. Look at God's purpose and God's plan for our lives. Have we gotten complacent and allowed this to happen? Yes. That's an answer right there. Why is this happening? I just gave it to you. Church is complacent. We've allowed it to happen. Thank God we can make it right. And that's what he goes on and says. He goes on in a verse uh, 8. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple. That I may take pleasure in it. You're taking pleasure in your house. Now build my house so that I can take pleasure in it. And be glorified. He wants to be glorified in all the earth. Says the Lord. And again he says verse 9. You looked for much but indeed it came to little. 
And when you brought it home, I blew it away. There's a lot of people's earnings that are being blown away right now. Don't be afraid. Don't beat yourself up over it. It's just what's happening. Get excited. I'm giving you the answer. Hallelujah. This is what's going on, church. Rise up in your purpose and push it back. And it's being pushed back. It's being pushed back. You know, just last night, <clears throat> there was some things that I had heard, some potential things the president was going to do and stuff. And right around dinner time, I, oh, I just left, went downstairs, got away from everybody. I had to pray. I didn't want to eat. Just I got to pray about this. And I didn't, I, I, I just knew something, something. I just got to pray about this. So I just prayed it out, prayed it out in spirit, talked to the Lord about it first, and then I prayed it out in spirit, and then felt the release. Amen. And then those things actually didn't happen, as I found out today. Uh, so, you know, we affect things. We affect things. Get on the wall, your prayer wall. Take your place in the kingdom of God. I'm not going to say, don't worry, be happy. I'm going to say, rise up, warrior. Rise up in the faith of God. And you won't worry, but you will go forth conquering and to conquer. Like the more than a conqueror you are. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody ought to shout Right where they are in their home, glory be to God. <laughs> hallelujah. woo hoo Hallelujah. Uh, chapter 2, Haggai. Haggai. Chapter 2, verse 6. We're wrapping it up, but, but you're home anyway, so just relax. Enjoy yourself. Don't relax too much. Don't be so complacent. Chapter 2, verse, uh, verse 6. For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and dry land. And I will shake the nations. I will shake the nations. And they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I'll fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Don't worry about money. That's what God's saying. He's saying, I got news for you. The silver's mine and the gold is mine. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. This is talking about his house getting built. The glory of God filling it. There's enough silver and gold for everybody. That's not a problem anymore. The economy's not a problem. And people are coming from all nations to the desire of all nations. He is the desire of all nations. Many don't see it yet, but they will. Because that's our job. To be here, be the salt of the earth. And to bring God's glory into this place where it's undeniable. I mean, you have to just blatantly reject him. Just reject him to not see him. Because every eye will see. The glory is going to be just so great. Verse 15. And now carefully consider this. 
Consider from this day forward, from, bef- from before stone was laid upon stone in the temple of the Lord. No, it's before you got up and did anything. Since those days, when one came to heap to a heap of 20 ephahs, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw out 50 baths from the press, there was but 20. It was lack. I struck you with blight and mildew and hail in all the labors of your hands, yet you did not turn to me, says the Lord. Again, this is Old Testament language. God didn't actually do it. The devil did it, but it was God's judgment. So it's not a lie. It's true. It was God. It was his judgments that he set up and the devil taking advantage of that. But how many people know mercy is to triumph over judgment? That's up to us, to make sure mercy triumphs over judgment. That's what God wants. Verse 18, it was bad, right? Things were bad, things were bad. Before you, before you got busy and started building my house, you got mildew and all kinds of terrible things happening. Verse 18, consider now from this day forward, from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it, is the seed still in the barn? As yet the vine and the fig tree and pomegranates and the olive tree have not yielded fruit. But from this day forward, I will bless you. (laughs) Hallelujah. When they got off their high horse, when they got serious about God, when they got, when we get serious about God, when we put him first place, his kingdom first, then all these other things are added unto us. We're not going after these other things. We're going after the glory of God. We're going after a move of God. It's time for us to get some horsepower, praise God, get some jet fuel in us, and just get to going and moving and flowing with the Spirit of God in the earth. Now the world is being made ready with the devil meant for evil. Now it's only helped prepare hearts. That black horse started to march across the land, and with a white horse saying, ah, here we come. No, uh-uh, you're not going anywhere. We're going we're gonna to rein you in. Take control over that situation, and we are going to go forth and conquer and subdue. Come on, somebody. We're taking charge. It starts in the spirit, but bless God, it also moves out into the flesh where we're expanding our buildings, where we are going out being witnesses. We're sharing the gospel with other people. We're stirred up. We're doing everything we can in our power as God would lead us to get the job done of building God's house so that he has a place he can delight in. Amen? And now as we're making that adjustment, God says to us today, he says, now you, you, you mark it from this day forward. You watch how I bless you. You watch how I bless you. Praise God, I'm going to take out the mildew remover and I'm going to bless you. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Praise God forever. Isn't that good news? Glory to God. You know, sometimes, you know, the enemy comes in because we let him. And uh, it only works for our good. It only works to help thrust us into the harvest field. You know, you remember over in the book of Acts, the early church, and how there they were, you know. Uh, God had done major things. You know, the move of the Spirit had come, and people had gotten saved. The church grew, and then the church just became complacent at Jerusalem. And when that happened, persecution arose 
Persecution arose against the church. Fierce persecution. Saul was breathing threats down the back of the Christians, throwing people in prison, having them killed. Stephen was the first martyr in the Christian faith that we know about. And then what happened? The Bible says, and they went, the church, they went, they were scattered everywhere. Wherever they were scattered, they went preaching the gospel. So the church was scattered out of Jerusalem. And wherever they went, they preached the gospel. Man, oh man, oh man, praise God what the devil meant for evil. It's turned for our good. It's turning for our good. We're waking up, church. Now we do have to wake up. It's not automatically going to, everything's going to just get nice and better. No, it's because we're vigilant. We're vigilant. We're watchful because we know our adversary, the devil, he's going around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But guess what? We're going to roar louder because we've got the lion of the tribe of Judah on our side. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Come on, the silver and gold is with God, church. It's with God. Our peace is in God. The devil might be able to take peace from the earth, but he can't take peace from us. Because you'd have to take God from us because God is our peace. Amen. Say, God is my peace. I have peace in God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And man, that peace is going to grow. That joy is going to grow as we go. As we go forth to conquering and to conquer. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, if you'd like to, you can stand up right there in your home. But we're going to pray right now. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.